Hey, welcome back to the I'm Just Talking podcast. I'm your host, Cello. It is December. December. Man, I'm often fucked up in the head. It is February 6th, 2022. This is right about the one-year mark of my my journey here. My first real episode was, besides my intro episode, was on the 8th of February in 2021. And... Um, as luck would have it, um, this is another sports-related uh, episode. Might might just turn out to be my thing, but uh, my first full episode was about Tom Brady. He had just won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Of course, last week, uh, Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant were the topics. Um, so we are uh, we have some pretty important things to talk about today, and I'm talking about it. For a couple of different reasons, but um, but before I get into that, don't forget, guys, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor are the four majors, and then Overcast, CastBox, PocketCast, Radio Public are the others. That's eight platforms you can listen on. Um, you can follow my Instagram, I'm underscore, just underscore talking, T-A-W-K-I-N, um, uh, for other stuff, I talk about rap music, I talk about motivation, I, um, I talk about, you know, uh, my my Italian-American heritage, I talk about um, International Women's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, um, dealing with death. Um, previous to this, uh, my voice sounds a little whack. Um, I just posted a little blurb, a little 10-minute blurb from my, one of my dogs, Kenzo, who passed away, so... You know, you have that on there. Uh, my military brat experience, um, you know, stuff that I feel, A, an opinion about, or B, that I think I'm I'm somewhat well-versed. I would never call myself an authority, except restaurant management. I might be an authority on that. So, um, but we're going to talk today as best as I can about the Brian Flores situation. Not so much the lawsuit, because I'm not a lawyer. I don't know legal jargon, and I'm not going to try to draw a conclusion. Um, the There's a couple of reasons why I want to talk about it. One, because I think it's important. And two, because I'm a New York Giant fan. And, and this is what bothers me the most, um, is that the team that I absolutely live and die for, for the most part, I'm really bigger, probably a I don't know. I am a really big Nick fan. I'm a really big Met fan too. So, but like you know, the football team that I really root for um, is wrapped right up in on this. And this is you know you got to tread lightly and you got to you know. But I'm gonna say what I what I feel. Um, and uh, you know there'll be no conclusion, obviously. But I found an interesting article, and I I get a lot of my news either ESPN or The Athletic. And The Athletic, I thought, covered this really well. So I found um, uh, through The Athletic a, a Twitter post from one of their authors, uh, one of their contributors or whatever. But So first, Brian Flores, earlier this winter, was fired by the Miami Dolphins after two winning seasons. He's, he is a, um, an Afro-Latino coach. Um, He's, I guess his heritage, he's from like part of his family's from Honduras or maybe he's from Honduras, but he's black, regardless. 
and uh, he was fired, which was very, very surprising. Um, so that's part of the lawsuit as well, um, because he was told by Tanky Games. Uh, that, that to me is not as material unless it is a situation where they, they did it because they didn't respect him because he was black. But I don't, I don't have enough. I couldn't find the lawsuit. I had it saved and now I can't find it. So that one is a little bit more about, you know, other legalities and other things. I really want to focus on the giant situation here. Um, so on January 11th, um, so keep in mind, the Giants were without a general manager at parts of this this interaction. Um, but it says on January 11th, so anyway, the lawsuit, I'm sorry, the lawsuit claims that the Giants only interviewed him and they had what he's terming a sham interview um, to satisfy the Rooney rule, which says you have to interview two minority candidates, one of which can't be from your organization. Now, they had already interviewed uh, their defensive, their former now defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. They eventually interviewed Brian Flores and Leslie Frazier, all three of whom were black. Um, but he has reason to believe that this was a sham interview, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, Giants co-director of player personnel, Tim McDonald, texted Flores, and they spoke by phone. This was on January 11th. McDonald said the Giants and co-owner Mara were extremely interested in hiring Flores as head coach. January 11th, McDonald texted again Flores about GM assistant candidates. McDonald assisted uh, suggested that Brian Dable might be interested in having leaving Buffalo to be Flores' offensive coordinator. Dable wasn't happy with the Bills coach, Saul McDermott. McDonald let Flores know Mara would reach out directly to express his interest. On 12th, Flores and Mara had a, a positive conversation on the head coaching candidacy. Flores and Mara had a follow-up Zoom meeting. New York Giants, New York, New York GM Joe Shane started the facility. The Zoom meeting happened on the 18th, and then the Giants wind up behind Joe Shane. Um, and he starts setting up the interview process, the interview with Flores. Now, Joe Shane is from Buffalo, where Brian Flores was the, I mean, Brian Flores, Brian Dable, I just pulled the Bill Belichick, you'll know why later. Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator there. Um, Florence, uh, that was on the 23rd. McDonald told Flores that he hoped Flores would come in and win the fucking job. Shane finalized the interview date with Flores. On the 24th, Bill Belichick's Flores, congrats, thinking it was Dable. So this is where he starts having those thoughts that this is just BS, that this is not what he thinks it is. Okay, um, It was Dable, Belichick, I hear from Buffalo and New York that you're their guy. Um... Flores then had dinner with the uh, with Joe Shane. He interviewed with the Giants on the 26th. He had dinner with Shane on the 27th. He had dinner. He had, he had the actual interview with the Giants, and then on the 28th, the Giants hired Brian Dable. So I'm going to look it up right here. Um, um, uh, there's the text. There's texts from 
you know, Belichick and Brian Flores. So this is what, this is why this this kind of started. Now, he brought up other allegations that the, the Denver Broncos in 2019 did the same thing. They just interviewed him to interview him, that they came to the interview disheveled and hungover, and they didn't give him, didn't take him seriously as a candidate. Um, so... So it, there is texts, and I'm trying to find them now. There is some belief. So let's go. Let's go back real quick and say that there is a belief that Belichick did this on purpose, to as a competitive advantage, not to hurt any of the guys involved, but as in a competitive advantage against the Giants. Um, and nobody's ever really going to know, but this is now going to drag him in. He's going to be deposed. He's going to, you know, who told him this, that, and the other. Um, you know, all of this stuff is front and center, and I should have saved it. I do this a lot, so um, forgive me. Um. But anyway, the basically the texts go something, you know, and I'm going off of memory here. Hey, I heard you're their guy. And, you know, Flores is like, man, I really hope so. I, you know, that's, I'd really like that job. And he's like assuring him that like, oh, he's got the job. And he's like, you know what? But I haven't even interviewed. Like, I don't even have my formal interview yet. And then that's when Belichick is like, oh, shit, I fucked this up. I guess they're going to name Dable. And the text came. That text wound up coming. Uh, the 24th, right? So he believes that they only interviewed him to satisfy the Rooney rule. And then, then this created this, this multi-charged um, Uh, class action lawsuit that he's filing. So what what bothers me is that if that is true, then what do I think about the team? The team has come out and said that he he was very seriously considered. He came down to the 11th hour. Um, and they decided to go with Dave. Now, leading up to this, the sports radio that I listen to, I listen to a lot of uh, Keyshawn, Javel, and Max in the morning. I will listen to uh, Jim Rome sometimes, and I'll listen to uh, to um, Colin Cowherd. Uh, more of on the ESPN side, even I've heard that you know Joe Shane was kind of the favorite to get the GM job. Brian Dable was one of the favorites. Flored was, was, was a lot in the mix, especially because he all of a sudden became available kind of a thing. And then he goes through this process and not get those te that text from Bill Belichick, and maybe he doesn't feel that way, right? But 
he started looking back at, you know, how long he's been an assistant, um, how successful he was. And in, in, this is uh, this is my guess. I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying he said this. He did do a lot of interviews, and I'll get to what I can recall from those interviews. That he he wasn't getting a fair shake. He didn't get a fair shake as a head coach because he was actually successful. They're trying to get him to tank, win, tank, so that they can get better draft picks, which would be a much worse black eye for a black coach, which there isn't very many of. In fact, there is one out of the 32 teams so far. I think there's three or four vacancies left. He is still a, a candidate for one of them. So we we come across this, and you start looking at it, and for me, I'm a white male, and I'm a form, you know I'm a transplanted New Yorker, and I love the New York Giants. I have a closet full of. I'm looking at a New York Giants beanie right now. I'm looking at a plastic New York Giants football helmet. You know, I mean, I have. It's my team, man. That's my squad. And uh, the no, it can't be side of me wants to think that Brian Dable's just, I mean, I did it again. Brian Flores is just wrong. And it's not like that. Like, come on. But then you start looking at, like, the pattern of things that have happened to him. He gets a what he's what he feels is a less than genuine um, interview from the Broncos. The Broncos wind up hiring Vic Fangio. Um, instead, he winds up going to Miami and doing actually well with um, uh, even Cow- Colin Cowherd mentioned like he had like not even a good roster. Like he didn't even have he didn't have a quarterback or the quarterback he wanted. They were trying to get him to tank, and he was winning anyway. He had an eight-game winning streak at the end of this year, um, finished with a winning record. He finished with a winning record the year before. So, like, why he got fired, philosophical differences. And he says those philosophical differences, he wouldn't lose it. And I don't think anybody, well, there's very few in professional sports that work their asses off, sacrifice what they sacrifice, to lose games on purpose. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about that. But so he he bucked that trend. They didn't like it. They fired him. Um, now, do things sometimes to people who aren't affected by these societal issues like I I don't necessarily think although I have applied for many many jobs that I you know qualified for that I did not get um could there be and, and this is just an example it's never to put myself side by side with, with what black people go through but I have a very ethnic Italian name now would that dis- persuade or dissuade somebody from not even calling me for an interview. It might if they feel like English is my second language. Um, I do mention that I went to high school in Italy, so which is an American high school. Um, but so it does happen, right? Like I've thought about that, you know, over the years. And I'm like, well, I, I can't even get a call for this job. So what I'm saying is people who have 
that barrier that still exists, whether we believe it, whether we acknowledge it, whether we accept it, whether we talk about it as people not in that class, not in that group, it's there. And it bothers me that it became a thing with my favorite team. It bothers me more that a man who is successful, um, who is uh, experienced, who is qualified, believes that he was racially profiled. So let's let's talk a little bit about why this Rooney rule is in place, A, things like affirmative action, diversity, you know, um, policies and stuff are in place. It's because the system, the status, the who's who have, haven't given people of, of certain colors and ethnicities and, and races a, a fair shot, right? So there's a reason that there is a, you know, there is affirmative action and um, discriminatory practices in hiring, uh, renting, um, things like that, because people are disproportionately affected if they weren't part of you know, the society, the white society, right? So um, if, you, if you've had any kind of job, especially as long as I've been working, you always sign an anti-discrimination or a or harassment policy of some kind. And what are those things that they say? Race, national origin, creed, color, religion, um, gender, Gender association has been put in there. Um, uh, there's another word. There's another line that I that I learned when I went back to work. So all of this stuff is in place for a reason, right? So the Rooney Rule is in place because they needed diversity, and, you, and it, to me, diversity just means growth. Diversity means um, um, sounds like I cheapened it, but what I mean by that is if you have if you open up your options then you can find really the best candidate. You can grow your organization. You can have, you know, outer reaches. And, and it, again, it, it could be, it doesn't have to be feel good, I guess. I mean, if you're really looking to make money and you want to, to sell to a demographic, you want to have that, that kind of a person in your organization to give you insight. You know what I mean? So he, you know, up until the 24th, thought he had a really good shot. Now, the timeline between him getting the initial call and then the interview all stalled in a sense because there wasn't a GM in place. So, yeah, it took him nine days to get his actual in-person interview. Um, and there's reports out there that um, the Giants were seriously interested. Now, of course, the Giants are saying that. You know what I mean? Um, of course, they're not going to admit he only interviewed him because he was black and because we had to, we had no intention of firing him. No one will say that. Um, and if they said it to each other at some point, someone's going to get scared and they're going to tell. If there's a text message, if there's an email back and forth, if there is anything out there, any sort of written proof, then, then their goose is cooked. And I, and I may have to, and I wouldn't burn my shit. Like I'm not going to fuck around like Carhartt and burn my shit. 
I may just have to find a new new football team. I was born in Arizona. I kind of like the Cardinals, I suppose. I could go be a, you know, I could, could like the Jets. I could like the Raiders, you know, whatever. So, let me, let me pause for a second. Because let me get back to, let's talk about the New York Times. New York Giants are one of the original teams. Um, Wellington Mara was the, was the owner. Um, left it to uh, his son, John. Steve Tisch came on at some point. Uh, you know, people talk about how great they are as an organization. Their, their product on the field has stunk for about 10 years. Um, and you look at them to be the model, in a sense, one of the model franchises. A lot of history, um, four Super Bowls, you know, Parcells and Belichick came from there, which is part of the problem. Um, you know, Lawrence Taylor and, you know, Eli Manning and Brandon Jacobs, Victor Cruz, Amani Toomer, um, you know, any of these guys, right? Like, if you're if you're looking at the surface and you're a Giant fan, you're like, you know, we have a lot to be proud of. We've sucked the last 10 years. We had a lot to be proud of. Their Super Bowl championship in 2012, um, their general manager was Jerry Reese. He is uh, African-American. So it doesn't appear on the surface that there is a problem there or there is a will, unwillingness to have somebody be a leader in your organization. Where it gets to be a problem is when you have to follow a certain rule and you appear to be following that rule and somebody, Bill Belichick, who supposedly, um, allegedly, reportedly, still has a lot of ties to that organization from his time as the defensive coordinator in the 80s um, and is also close to Brian Flores and close to Brian Dable, both of whom were his assistants at one time. And he accidentally, allegedly, sends a text four days before you actually get an interview, or three days really, before you get an interview that says that they're going to name the other guy who was one of your colleagues at one time, you can't help but throw your hands up in the air and say, what the hell happened here? And, and, and start to feel like you're a puppet, you're a pawn. And as a man in general, regardless, you don't want to feel that way, right? You don't want and again, lesser of lesser of two evils, right? You don't want to be courting a girl to go to prom with you. And she says, well, let's go out on a couple of dates first. And then a couple of days before prom, your best friend who's dating her girlfriend or who, who her best friend, your best friend who is 
whose brother is dating her best friend or something says, you know, oh man, I heard she's going to say yes. And you're all hyped and you're excited. And then, then, then they come back and say, oh no, I'm sorry. That was the other, that was the other guy. That was the other Brian. I got you guys mixed up. You'd be devastated. Then you would think, why me? Like what, 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 what's that guy got that I don't got? If you put Dable and Flores against each other, Flores has a successful head coaching career. Dable does not. And then all things being equal, you start looking at the, he starts probably looking at the Rooney rule and going, these motherfuckers only did it because they had to. I did see an article and I can't find the article. I swear it was on The Athletic, but it might actually been on ESPN. It's only two places I read sports articles, really. There was an article about when the Giants would be able to hire or name a head coach. And it, and, it, and it actually foreshadowed this exact situation. They're, they're going to interview a group of candidates. They've already, they had already interviewed Patrick Graham at the time because he was in-house. But he doesn't count as one of the external candidates that's of a minor, in a minority group. Um, Brian Flores at that point was believed to be a candidate, like a genuine candidate. Leslie Frazier, um, they, I think he was the Vikings defensive coordinator. He's black. He was also on the list. So this article, basically, and I really should get the author a shout-out, but I can't find it. Um, this, this author said that if the Giants would name a coach once all of these rounds were done, and that's what happened. Dable um, interviewed last. He was also still in the playoffs, so that would have maybe thwarted him wanting to interview sooner. Um, once they lost to Kansas City, he had an interview. I think he interviewed just before or just after um, Flores, and it did seem to come down the pipe pretty quick that he was going to be the new head coach. So you just you have that feeling where maybe fucking Flores is right. And it makes my heart hurt. And my heart hurts for him as a man. And this guy's fallen on the sword. He's only 38 years old. He's been in the league long enough. He's respected from all accounts as a leader, as a, uh, a good coach, as a motivator. And look what he did with a roster that didn't have really any one superstar. And he, he made it go. And he got this team to win. They won eight in a row. They almost made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, um, if and he and he decided to take a stand. He decided to say, "Look, this is not right. This rule isn't working. These guys only interviewed me because of this and that and the other. You know, because I'm black. Because um, I they had to satisfy the Rooney rule. But they've known from the minute they lost their coach who who their coach was going to be, and they went through the motions." That probably happens on a regular basis in any walk of life. I'm, I'm, my understanding is it's hard to prove, but I, I want to give a round of applause. And I was going to use this button, but I'm not going to. I bought this thing for that, but this, that's too cheap for serious conversation. It's like a sound effect. I applaud him. I really do. I really do believe that it takes people sacrificing personal gain, sacrificing their future 
um, to help others. And he believes if he's going to be about about it, that he's willing to get blackballed. Now, the NFL did come out with a memo saying that they were going to they were going to reevaluate their diversity policies in short basically um and um i think one of the things that i like most of what brian flores said is we didn't have to file this lawsuit for the world to know that there's not and i'm paraphrasing there's not enough diversity or there's, you know, black coaches aren't getting a fair shake. But he did it so that it changed. He did it so that there was a, a chance that guys beyond him, if he gets nothing, people beyond him get a better, fairer chance. Uh, you guys, um, I'm going to gonna come back with another segment here in a few minutes. Um, hopefully continue this discussion. Hopefully, you've gotten to about the 30-minute mark and you understand where I'm going. Um, I'm going to try to wrap up the whole Giants, the whole Giants angle and why I think uh, it makes sense that he would feel that way. And if it's true or not, I mean, it's true to him, and that's where I'm going. All right. Okay, welcome back to segment two, you guys. Um, I've actually found the text message. So this is um, from Bill Belichick. Sounds like you've landed. Congrats. And Flores says, did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. He says, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Belichick says, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York that you're their guy. Hope it works out for you if you want it. He says, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Then Flores says, coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Babel? Just making sure. That's when Belichick replies, sorry, I fucked this up. I double-checked, and I misread the text. I think they're, na- I think they're naming Dable. I'm sorry about that, BB. Thanks, Bill. And then he filed the lawsuit. So um, the Giants, of course, have denied this. Um, their new GM, Joe Shane, hasn't said anything, but I'm so I was scrolling through while I was waiting, and um, they're they're definitely not copping to any of this. They're saying he was a serious candidate. Um, it came down to the eleventh hour. Um, so coaches like Ron Rivera have come out and said, you know, this is good. Um, we need to change. We need change. Uh, Marvin Lewis, uh, African American, longtime coach of the Bengals, he he says that he felt like. A similar thing happened to him when he was interviewing for Carolina. Um, and he had heard that he had a chance. And then the John Fox, who had, strangely enough comes from the Giants as well, um, was actually the leader in the thing. And then, you know, John Fox gets the job. He later gets the job with the Bengals. And I guess he didn't think too much of it at that point. But he thinks he got a sham interview with the, with the Carolina Panthers back then, too. Um, so one of the things that's admirable, and, and and again, this shouldn't even be a topic, right? You know, we've shit on people so much 
from other places, black people, Asian people, um, I should I should be more political, African American people, Asian people, Latino people. I mean, hell, every, you know, so much that they created laws and they create policies and they create, you know, amendments to to help these sorts of things from not happening, and yet they still happen. Um, now, of course, this is all alleged allegations. Nothing's been proved yet. It's a class action lawsuit. So um, Flores' lawyer is expecting more people to add to the class. Um, and to me, these policies and laws, you know, civil rights movement and all that is to, to give people, and, and, and African-Americans are at the front of this because they, they, as they should be, because they've been the most mistreated, right? So, but it, to give people a seat at the table. To me, that's significant, literally and figuratively. If you come to a table and you sit down and you talk to somebody, if you have a meal even, it is a situation where you may find out that you're not very much different than anybody else. Crayons are different colors. They look the same. They're wrapped in the same paper. But they all essentially do the same thing. They color. They create color. People are the same. We all have two arms. We all have two legs. You know, we all have two eyes and nose and mouth. You know, we just have different colors and different cultures. And you may find that, you know, getting a seat at the table, which is your first step in, you know, step in the door or getting a foot in the door is another metaphor like that's your first foray into you know that change and i think that that's why the rooney rule was sort of set in place because you know black coaches weren't getting any sort of interviews even you know you can still sort of interview anybody you want but as long but it's got to be you know, in these protected classes to where we can have some diversity in the world and some diversity in our, co- in our companies and in our, in our, you know, in this case, the NFL. So when Brian, Brian Flores figured, wait a minute, I'm going on this interview. They've already selected those person. If you're their person and their person is white and I am black, that they're not taking me seriously. And if you're not going to take me seriously, I'm going to have to fight for someone to take me seriously. Um, to his credit, he had interviews set up with the Texans and the uh, the Saints, and he messaged both of them and said, "Hey, I'm bringing a lawsuit. You don't want to be around if you don't, you know, if you don't want to interview me, like you know, just so you know, kind of a thing." The Saints interviewed him anyway. I mean, and he's a really good coach. And if we're trying to weed out the people that go, "Ah, he's he's a good coach, but he's." You know, he's this or he's that. You know, they did the right thing. They interviewed him. And I really hope they hire him, too. I mean, I did hear reports in the beginning that he was uh, a serious candidate. They were talking about, um, I forget, there was another general manager that they were that they interviewed with them. There was some talk that they would want to be together. They would want to be together, Flores and this general manager. I don't remember who the general manager was. Um 
But so he decided to fall on the sword. He says that it would be worth it. It says, um, if I okay, I do this, I start scrolling because I have ADD and I can't. I never coach again, but there's change, then it will all have been worth it. He was shocked. He was humiliated. He was upset. And any man, regardless of your race, creed, color, national origin, men don't like to feel that way. I'm sure women don't either, but I'm not a woman. You don't want to feel that way. You don't want to feel used. You don't want to feel lesser than. And there's this deeper discussion about the you know, the generational scars or, you know, the societal norm to make, you know, African-American or black people in particular have these ongoing issues of, of that when the people in the room don't look like them. Now, sports to me should be a leading candidate in the diversity space. Why? Because you can't you can't not, you can't have a, a room full of diverse people. And I don't know how you could possibly be racist. I don't know how. I don't know how a team, especially like the New York Giants, and I've been meaning to say this, they are, they represent, although, albeit they play in New Jersey, they represent, to me, the Statue of Liberty. To me, the diversity that New York is. To me, the harbor. You know, to bring me your tile, you're 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 tired, you're 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 huddled masses yearning to be free, you know, like they should have been the first team to have a black head coach instead of not having any in a hundred years. So Flores knows full well that he is putting himself out there. And by the way, he's forty years old, not thirty eight. He is putting himself out there. He knows in his heart of hearts he's good enough to coach in this league. He's done it. He is definitely putting himself out there. And if there's going to be change, he's he's hopefully the one that starts the change. Hopefully he gets a spot. I'm very proud of him. And I'm not even a black man. And I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of him for standing up and saying, something's not right here. And I think we ha- we can't dismiss the fact and this is another general conversation, too, on the side, sort of like, if somebody comes to you and says, I feel a certain way, you can't tell them that they're wrong. You can't tell them that their feeling is wrong. Now, in this case, it's going to go to a court of law, it's going to be litigated, and he may ultimately be wrong. But him feeling that way, having an intuition a gut feeling, an uneasiness does not mean he is wrong. It means he was genuinely feeling this way. It means he genuinely thinks that there's something wrong. There obviously has to be change. And he is the one that said, it's time for someone to stand up. I have a better track record than anybody else. I think Leslie Frazier was a, uh, a coach 
head coach or at least an interim head coach too. I don't know what his record is though, but this guy did it for three years. And he's also a native New Yorker. So he's got to feel some sort of hurt that way as well. He was born in Brooklyn and uh, maybe even the Bronx. He was born in New York and, you know, that would have been his dream job and he lost out on it in his mind because he was black, because he's black. And if that's what he thinks and he's willing to take the time, the effort, the sacrifice and put himself to be the face of this because it's going to come with scrutiny. It's going to come with possible, you know, loss of job, loss of income, you know, loss of any kind of normalcy in life. Even if he is wrong, then I think, then I think he's a leader and I think he has that sort of leadership. And I think that, you know, maybe some team should wise up. Now, granted, I don't see him ever. He'll never work for the New York Giants, ever. He knows that. His dream job is never going to happen at this point. Um, if he's wrong, then I don't know what happened. I don't think he's 100% wrong. I think there is a spin again. Joe Shane came from Buffalo. Dable came from Buffalo. The New York Giants have been high on Buffalo on Dable for, year, for a couple of years now. If there could have been a foregone conclusion that Gable's really the guy that we want and he ultimately becomes that coach, but what remains to be seen is, is Flores right in that he and other, the other black candidates that they interviewed, were they really considered at any point to getting this job or not. And if they were not, was it because they were black? And he's, and he's strong enough. He's strong enough mentally, it looks like, sounds like. Um, it was a little weird. One thing that struck me funny is he was on Get Up. We call it Get Up with Greeny. And it was Mike Green. And then two other guys, and I, I saw the blurb, and I can't remember who the other two guys, but they were all white guys. And they're questioning him. And he looked a little uncomfortable. And maybe now that the spotlight is on him, it's uncomfortable. Because, hey, now I'm the face. Now I'm the guy that has to make this go. I have to get something out of this. And it's like any other fight. It's like any other battle. He's weary. He's tired. He's had these situations since 2019 come up. And he's like, you know what? The gloves have to come off, and you have to give somebody props for that. You know what I mean? And he and, and, and he's doing it the right way. He didn't complain. He, he he filed the lawsuit first. You know, he informed other teams that he was involved with that he was filing a lawsuit. You know, the the Giants are vehemently denying it. As of course they would. I just hope that something comes of it. I hope he actually gets a job. Um. I hope nothing comes, there's no proof in the fact that they only interviewed him because he was black and they never and then they had no interest in him because he was black. And the simple fact that he was so convinced that this is the thing that happened to him and it happened to him more than once and he wasn't getting a fair shake as a, as a head coach already. And rather than going, I got my seat at the table. 
I had a nice meal. I had a nice cup of coffee with the Dolphins. I'll wait for the next opportunity. He knows that maybe if, if, if the systemic the racism or the systemic you know, biases are still in place, irregardless, is that a word? Uh, you know, re, regardless of the, the Rooney rule, maybe he doesn't get another shot anyway. Maybe the way that it went down in, in Miami puts him in a situation where, oh, he's a black coach. He clashed with ownership. He must be a malcontent. And all of that matters. It matters. Because, again, it's not norm. It's not really my place to say. I'm not trying to be the, the authority on this. But come on. I mean, black people, um, especially black men, are usually or have been historically painted in a way that shows them to be aggressive or, you know, Less um, um, have stronger temperament, and you know they buck authority and all that. So, with that being said, he knows he's on the fence, right? He's like, my qualifications didn't appear to be good enough. There's this narrative out there that I'm a malcontent. Let me get some people to show you, show me that I'm this. Let's do it the legal way. Let's get some impartial person to, to figure it out. Because I believe I should have been considered. Now, again, the Giants are saying he's been considered. So, if a person comes to you and says, I feel it's some type of way. I've had, I've had some people say to me in my management career, I feel like you're too soft. Okay. I don't feel that way, but because you feel that way, tell me why you feel that way. Um, I've also had some people think that I'm too aggressive with them in particular. Okay. Why do you feel that way? Um, my, my kids, if my kids say you're being X, Y, and Z. Okay. Why do you feel that way? I don't feel that way. I didn't intend to hurt your feelings. But if I did, tell me what, how I did so that I can improve myself. I don't think in an organization like the NFL, Brian Flores could have went to the Giants, unless he did, and I haven't read it yet, and said, hey, I really appreciate the interview. Um, I know that Brian, you know, I don't know if he said this. Hey, I got a text from Belichick the other day. Um, I realize you're maybe really considering Dable. Um, I really enjoyed this process. You know, that's him. in a much higher profile situation playing the game and he refused to do that. So once that game was over, he knew what he had to do. He, he had to have known. He, he sat through that interview. Um, I think it was Keyshawn Johnson said that he was talking to a former teammate of his that was in serious consideration for a head coaching position who was also an African-American black male. And Hey, this is before Brian Flores. Do I really go through with it? And Keyshawn said, yeah, because you never know. You may get in there and you may, it may just click. There may be a connection. There may be a philosophical, you know, cohesion there. You know, you never know. You never want to deny yourself a seat at the table. And I think that's why he went through the interview. 
because maybe there was a small part of him that said, eh, Belichick might be wrong. Maybe I really got a shot. Maybe I could change their mind. And then when the whole thing, I think it was within hours of Dable um, actually doing his actual sit-down interview where they decided. Now, you can't, you can't fault the guy for acting on what he is convinced is, is true. A lot of us on the side of, now granted, again, Italian-Americans had a rough go of it for maybe 40 years, 50 years. But, so, there is some knowledge of what other people have gone through. But, like, black people and black men know they're not getting a fair shake. You can't, you can't tell them it's not true. Because we don't experience those sorts of things. Doesn't mean it's not true to other people. It, it, it's really, really emotional for me because... I'm a giant fan. And I'm super, super interested in finding out if Flores was right. It, it's going to change my entire sports life. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to show me how convic convicted I am being a... a New York Giants fan. You know what I mean? Um, it's tough. Yesterday I decided not to wear any sports gear because 90% of the hats that I have that I really like are New York Giants hats. So, you know, we got to really, really think about this. We really got to, you know, we have to open our minds and say, yo, maybe Flores is right. Maybe Maybe there's something to it. Maybe the way that you have to go, even just simple as they really did consider him, but, you know, he got the interview because they said they had to. And then thought, oh, shit, maybe this guy is the guy. You know, that's kind of why the rule is in place. But the rule definitely needs some polishing, it sounds like. It sounds like the NFL is committed. They've learned from their hands-offish stance with the with the Kaepernick situation. And if Goodell wants to be, you know, an organization for change, and he wants that shield to really mean something, then he needs to pay attention to a guy like Brian Flores. It wasn't like Flores was a shithead coach. You know, he played for an organization that perpetually loses, and he helped them win. And they fired him. He goes to an organization that he respects, that he likes, and tries to interview for their job, and then finds out four days before his actual interview that they, they're they basically going to name the guy that they ultimately named. And he had to have said, this is bullshit. Now, I, I would have loved to have been in that interview that he had with the Giants, what the vibe was, how was he acting, how were they acting, he obviously had those cards close to his best. He didn't come into the interview and say, hey, look at the text I got from Bill Belichick. But once that comes true, shortly after the interview for Dable, he had to do it. He had no choice. He had to. And, and, I, and I'll tell you what. I, um, I worked for a company, a very popular national chain, that I was let go from. 
And it was sort of the same thing. There was this running joke that you would get a certain benefit after five years in a certain position. And I was ready for that benefit. All the paperwork had been signed off. I was, you know, considered meeting standards. I was doing good. And right before that benefit came, they found some bullshit reason to fire me. Now, I don't think it was racially motivated, but I talked to a lawyer because I felt at that point it was wrong. I, I knew that I was nervous once I got that benefit. I was nervous. I was like, yo, I got this benefit. Like, you know, now I'm going to, you know, it's been uh, like 14 years. And, like, it still bugs me. Like, once... So, I mean, I guess I didn't really think, realize I was that close to this situation in terms of I've had, again, not anything close to what Flores went through. But I, you know, been in a situation where I felt like I was, for whatever the reason, you know, this was that benefit, the reason they didn't want to pay out that benefit. I had other benefits coming that year, the end of that year, too. And, you know, were they, you know, switch and cut bait? You know, fish and cut bait, is that what it's called? They were signing to cut their loss because they, they knew I was one of those guys up on that, that threshold. Or was I really just a terrible manager? Now I go back and forth about this because I've made it other places. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how much New York Giants gear I can wear. Because I don't know how comfortable I feel. You know what I mean? I think I was happy when they got Joe Shane. I kind Everybody kind of knew once that happened, Dayball was the guy. But then the strange, like, six degrees of separation is all Gable, Flores, Belichick, the Giants. Unless Belichick did it on purpose or it's just, it's just right place, right time, right group of organizations. And the light bulb finally went off or the light bulb got brighter in Flores' mind. He decided to take his, take his shot and say... I'm going to be the guy that's going to change it so this doesn't happen to anybody else. To my own demise, maybe. So, hope all of this made sense. And this is a longer episode than I really like to do. Um, but this is the reason I do it. Because these things interest me. And it, and it interests me particularly because I feel like you can... help change the minds or open up a discussion or have somebody go, you know what? I never thought of that. And so bottom line, really hope the Giants aren't acting with some racial, is it undertones? Or racial bias is probably better when they were looking for coaching, especially this time around. Um, I'd like to think that they are a progressive-leaning, diverse organization that wants to be, you know, a leader in that space. I really hope Brian Flores gets the opportunity to coach again, head coach, not just a coordinator. And I hope one day he wins a Super Bowl. And I hope that there is some um, understanding out of this battle. And hopefully there's not any proverbial casualties and it comes it creates a greater good and we can go from there. 
as, a, as you know, as fans, as an organization for the NFL, you know, as people of color can feel like they have an opportunity in the NFL and anywhere else for that matter. You know, there's, again, there's a reason these things are in place. So you guys, thanks for listening. I'm almost considering making this a two-parter and um, we will see. Um, I love you all guys. Um, it is Sunday, 2 6, 11.04 in the morning. I actually have to go to work here in a little bit. So thanks for listening. Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, PocketCast, Radio Public. Remember, respect, unity, equality. It's a great episode for that stuff. I love y'all. See you later. Thank you.